WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, November 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. Another beautiful day on the way. High 67. And then Saturday, we'll start the day with showers but then sunshine in the afternoon high 58 sunday more fall like temperature sunny high 58 if you're walking out the door with us right now 42 partly cloudy in oyster bay out on long island 43 and partly cloudy in rawway down in new jersey and it is 49 and clear in, here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. We'll talk with about first the story. Lots of people are talking about these city hall budget cuts and what they look like and what they mean for New Yorkers. It's all about not having money to pay for city services because we're spending so much money on the migrant mess. So the mayor, uh, was supposed to hold a press conference of sorts, but instead they just put out this prepared video where he details this 5% budget cut across all city agencies that he says in the end will lead to a savings of about $7 billion over the 24-25 fiscal year. Here was the mayor uh, in this video yesterday. Make no mistake, we are not out of the woods. We added billions of dollars to care for the migrants COVID funding is sunsetting, and we must close a $7 billion budget gap. Yeah, so what essentially he's saying is the city has run out of money to pay for everything. So what does this mean for you? The NYPD will enact a hiring freeze, which means the department is expected to shrink by 4,000 members by 2025, a reduction from more than 33,000 members to roughly 29,000. Sanitation will continue regular pickups, but City Hall says there'll be fewer litter baskets on the streets and a reduction in cleaning programs. This is as we had made some advances uh, pushing back against the rat problem. And it's not just the new arrivals forcing the city to uh, pinch those pennies, but funding from COVID-19, the federal stimulus uh, money, is all going away. Uh, tax revenue is uh, slowing, and that's part of the issue as well. Here's more from the mayor. As we have made these hard choices, the well-being of New Yorkers has always been our top priority. So for a lot of people, of course, just the fact they're cutting back on the uh, NYPD, but they're taking away a couple billion dollars from the city schools as well. Circumstances don't change dramatically. City agencies will be forced to reduce city funding spending by 5% two more times within the next six months. Yeah, I mean, you think it was bad now, it could get a whole lot worse. Uh, hearing from New Yorkers of, about this, of course, uh, this woman in Astoria, where she says the neighborhood has become violent over the last couple years, and she says she's not happy to hear there's going to be potentially fewer cops patrolling her neighborhood. Like in the buildings, we sometimes can't even go inside the buildings because there's people there just sleeping there. 
So it's like kind of hot in every way. Yeah, so the list goes on of places where the cuts will be made. Um, the public library will have to close certain branches on Sunday as of December. As for schools, the education department says $120 million will be eliminated from pre-K and 3K programs. Those are the ones that were uh, newly established or expanded during the de Blasio years. There'll be rollbacks to summer school, which I guess some kids will be happy about. But um, where will those kids go? That's what some of the parents are asking. If they cut up all these programs, what are the kids going to be in the streets? That's where they're going to be. Yeah, it's a great question. And that going on, of course, a lot of this has to do with this migrant mess uh, because it's costing billions of dollars to take care of the migrants who, by the way, still rolling in from the U.S.-Mexico border every single week right here to the city. Even though New York City has told people at the border they've run out of room. And that also happening as yesterday. Dozens of protesters setting up tents and sleeping bags outside of Gracie Mansion, uh, blasting the city's recent restrictions on the length of time migrants can stay in shelters before they have to reapply for housing. So these are the people who are taking the side of the migrants and say they don't like this 30-day rule. Right now, migrants who we house here have 30 days. We give them for free, and then they have to go find a place for themselves or reapply for a new place. Well, these protesters think that's a terrible idea. Now they're saying that they're going to be putting migrants uh, like our, our community members out on the street after 30 days or 60 days. Another New York winter is approaching. Yes, yeah, so New York City Emergency Management Commissioner saying uh, it is a concern that some of these people will end up on the streets. And he acknowledges that, yeah, some of these migrants will end up on the streets. He doesn't want that to happen. But he says New York City's out of room. Sixty five thousand people remain in the city's care today. Now, they have that new tent city at Floyd Bennett Field that can hold up to 2,000 people. Uh, the commissioner, emergency management commissioner, says they are sending families there, uh, but the families get off the bus and they don't like the conditions. Uh, the bathrooms are outdoors in a separate tent, um, and it's not as nice as the hotel rooms here in midtown Manhattan. So he says but there's not much they can do. I think we also have to face reality, right, that there's only so much that we can do. We're expecting new arrivals that are being um, sent to Floyd Bennett Field today. Children that have come to our city, that have come to Floyd Bennett Field today, are already enrolled in school and were in class when I was there. Yeah, so his argument to the migrants who are poo-pooing the idea of going to that tent city out at Floyd Bennett Field is you might end up with no shelter. And he says the people who do go there, he says the facilities are there to get kids in class and help people potentially down the road find a job. So the capacity of that tent city at Floyd Bennett Field could house 2,000 people, but as of yesterday morning, just 75 people have agreed to stay there. So, what a mess, right? WABC News Time 508. It kind of feels like the whole world's on fire right here with the migrant mess and the budget cuts overseas in the Middle East. Still no let up in the fighting between Israel and the Palestinian group uh, Hamas. Uh, Israeli forces storming Gaza's main hospital say they found weapons, laptops with a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier on it. This comes as President Biden says he does not believe the war will end until there's a two-state 
two-state solution. It's also as Israel is ordering Palestinians to leave four towns in the southern part of Gaza now. Over 12,000 people, this is the number from uh, the Hamas-led health ministry, have been killed since October 7th, since that attack on Israel. Multiple reports, meanwhile, say Israel and Hamas appeared to be near a hostage deal, but there's no confirmation by the way, from the Israeli side. And of course, Hamas has been essentially decimated over the last three weeks. We don't know who's speaking for them. But the deal would free 50 women and children for the return of Palestinian prisoners. The exchange would also coincide with a three to five day ceasefire. This is uh, this deal being brokered by a whole bunch of different nations. The report's not confirmed by the Israeli side. They're not saying a whole lot about this. That as Pro-Palestinian activists, they shut down lanes of the Bay Bridge in San Francisco yesterday in a coordinated protest. It was just a mess. Commuters caught in the middle of this, uh, frightened as they saw people just turn off their engines and in some cases throw their keys into the water below. It's really scary for the people. It's not awful. My daughter, she crying. And... It's really scary. I'm shaking. Yeah, I've always felt the one way to get it so people won't take your side is to block their way home or to work or to school. The Arab Resource and Organization Center organizing this protest, demanding a ceasefire, calling out President Biden to do more for the Palestinians. The car stopped and they come out and the first I think, hey, shoot it. And I say my daughter, go in the back and down. Because I don't know. Yeah, some of these people just, they, they didn't know what was going on. They feared something was happening because the people had just stopped uh, traffic on the bridge. This guy was on a motorcycle. There was no violence or use of force. They just, they had the cars, they had like a whole row of cars blocking the bridge, people laying on the uh, on the bridge. They have the right, which I'm all for, but I think that's the wrong way to go about it. It took hours to sort it all out as they had to bring tow trucks in to tow some of those cars off the bridge because those people had thrown their keys into the water below. President Biden says he still believes Chinese President Xi Jinping is a dictator. You know, he sort of accidentally or on purpose said it after he met with Xi uh, on Wednesday. Biden was asked whether he could still refer to Xi, Xi as such following that high stakes meeting. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that's based on a form of government totally different than ours. All right, so he's not backing down from those comments. A stable relationship, he says, between the U.S. and China, though, is good for the world economy. We are de-risking and diversifying our economic relationship with the PRC, not decoupling. President speaking before the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday. He says those talks with President Xi were constructive and had to, you know, be worked out. So diplomacy and military to military talk could continue. We have real differences with Beijing when it comes to maintaining fair and level economic playing field and protecting your intellectual property. We're going to continue to address them with smart policies and strong diplomacy. We'll be firm, standing up for our values and our interests. And I was very straightforward, as he was with me yesterday. But he says ultimately that talk on Wednesday will lead to the fact that the countries will work better together now. It makes sense to work together. We've committed to work together. We're going to continue our commitment to diplomacy, to avoid surprises prevent misunderstandings. Yeah, I think the big deal here is leveling the economic playing field. Not clear if they were able to do that during the talks. Meanwhile, the president yesterday 
saying California Governor Gavin Newsom could have the job he's hoping he has in 2024. Now, he was joking, but, of course, this uh, created a lot of attention yesterday. I want to talk about Governor Newsom. I want to thank him. He's been one hell of a governor, man. He says uh, Newsom would be one hell of a president, too. Matter of fact, he could be anything you want. He could have the job I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, Gavin Newsom would like that to happen, but he may have to wait another four years for that to happen. The judge in Donald Trump's Georgia election interference case issuing a protective order for evidence following a media leak. The Fulton County Superior Court judge issuing this order barring the release of sensitive evidence exchanged by lawyers ahead of the trial against Trump and his co-defendants. The Fulton County District Attorney's Office requesting the order after interviews of co-defendants Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell were released. Trump and several other defendants are charged with crimes related to their alleged efforts to overturn President Biden's election win in Georgia. That taking place as the gag order against Donald Trump in his civil business fraud trial here in Lower Manhattan has been temporarily suspended. A New York appeals judge granted a request by Trump's legal team for an interim stay of the gag order, arguing it violates Trump's freedom of speech. The former president has been fined twice for apparent violations of the order, which the judge put in place following Trump's comments attacking the judge and his law clerk. I'm Brian Shook. Could be one more candidate in the race for the 2024 White House. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin says he's open to a presidential run. Doesn't think he would be a spoiler for the Democratic Party. Everyone's saying this going to spoil and tip the scales one way or the other. OK, you have basically Ross Perot. Who would have predicted that Ross Perot would have elected Bill Clinton? Tip the scales to Bill Clinton. Democrat, I don't think so. Democrat announced last week that he will not seek re-election in West Virginia. Of course, that could possibly throw the balance of power in the Senate up for grabs. Not in the centrist part. No, I don't. And they know how I feel. This is not a. I do not believe that they are basically where Joe Biden has come from. And just go back to the campaign. Continues, though, to sidestep questions about whether he would run as a Democrat or as a third party candidate. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday, thank God. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Thank God, indeed, Noam Layden. Happy Friday right back at you. Week 11 of the NFL season got underway last night with the Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore to meet the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Lamar Jackson threw for two touchdown passes, both coming in the second quarter, and the Ravens beat Cincinnati 34-20. to after the Bengals lost Joe Burrow to a wrist injury, Burrow left in the second quarter after throwing a touchdown pass and was not able to return to boot. Baltimore tight end Mark Andrews is expected to miss the rest of the season after hurting an ankle. Locally this weekend, the 2-8 and eight Giants are 9.5-point underdogs heading into their Sunday afternoon matchup in Washington against the Commanders. Kickoff there is set for 1 p.m. on Sunday. As for the 4-5 and five Jets, They are seven-point underdogs as they get ready for the Bills in Buffalo on Sunday at 4.25 p.m. A few college games to look forward to tomorrow starting at noon. You've got number three, Michigan. They're 19.5-point favorites at Maryland. A note on that game, Coach Jim Harbaugh has agreed to the Big Ten's three-game suspension, which means Harbaugh will not coach Saturday at Maryland or in the regular season finale against rival Ohio State. So that fiasco is over and done with, hopefully. Rutgers is 20 uh, and a half point underdogs going into number 12 Penn State at noon tomorrow at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. Number one, Georgia, their 10 and a half point favorites taking on number 18, Tennessee. And tomorrow at 4 p.m., Minnesota will take on uh, number two, Ohio State. The Buckeyes are at home. They're 27 and a half point favorites. 
on the hardwood. The Nets lost on the road against the Miami Heat by a score of 122 to 115. Brooklyn couldn't put a lid on Jimmy Butler, who scored 18 of his 36 points in the third quarter to propel Miami to the victory. Mikael Bridges and Lonnie Walker each scored 23 for Brooklyn, which had won its last five games. Uh, up against Miami, I should say, up until last night. Tonight in Washington, the Knicks are back on the court as they get set to face the Wizards for some NBA in-season tournament group play. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7 p.m. On the ice in Seattle, the Islanders fell in a shootout to the Kraken last night. Final score, 4-3. to Leon Dobson had two of the three goals in regulation for New York, who lost their seventh in a row. and marks their longest losing streak since dropping 11 straight early in the 2021-22 season. On the ice in Pittsburgh, the Devils toppled the Penguins by a score of 5-2. Jesper Bratt, Alexander Holtz, and Tyler Toffoli scored in the third period alone and manifested the win for New Jersey, who were without forwards Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes because of injuries. Vitek Vanacek made 23 saves for New Jersey, who get off the schneid after dropping three in a row and four of five overall. Finally, awards week concludes for the MLB, with the last of the hardware being dished out yesterday. Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr., were each named the most valuable player of their respective leagues in unanimous fashion, an unprecedented occurrence in the 92-year history of the award. Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon, the Texas Rangers star middle infielders, finished second and third, uh, respectively, in the American League. In the National League, Acuna beat out Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who came in second on all 30 ballots. That means Freddie Freeman didn't get any second place or first place. But I guess he just wasn't good enough, no. I guess not. You gotta be better than that if you want to win the MVP. Yeah. So you gotta at least be better than your teammate Mookie Betts. And uh, he he wasn't. He just wasn't. No. So that's the way the cookie crumbles. You lose. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Justin Ellignome. That's sports on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 521. A man has been sentenced for attacking Minnesota Congresswoman Angie Craig in Washington, D.C. earlier this year. A federal judge gave 27 year old Kendred Hamlin over two years behind bars, followed by three years of supervised release. The judge also also recommended Hamlin be placed in a federal medical center so he can get treatment for mental health and substance abuse issues. Hamlin assaulted Craig in the elevator of her apartment, punching her in the face and grabbing her neck until she managed to escape him. I'm Lisa Taylor. TikTok being slammed from really both sides of the aisle for allowing influencers to promote Osama bin Laden's anti-American letter released after the 9-11 attacks. Wisconsin Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher, he's, well, he's outraged. It's absolutely disgusting. And further evidence that we need to ban TikTok. So it all began when 25-year-old influencer Lynette Adkins, who makes $200,000 a year for fashion and makeup tips that she does on TikTok, reposted Bin Laden's letter on the China-owned app. She asked her hundreds of thousands of followers to go read it, saying, you'll never look at our country the same. The White House weighed in, saying that there's no justification in spreading Bin Laden's lies. TikTok said on Thursday that the videos promoting the letter violate its rules, and they've taken it down. But at this point, a lot of people have already seen that letter. The Federal Aviation Administration giving SpaceX the go-ahead for a planned launch of the Starship prototype today from southern Texas. The FAA has announced that they had granted a license for the company's second attempt to launch the prototype into orbit. The first attempt at reaching orbit ended in an explosion back in April, launching a nearly seven-month investigation into the safety and environmental impact of future launches. A two-hour launch window at the South Texas Starbase will open at 7 a.m. Central Time tomorrow. The company has additional launch windows scheduled for this weekend if tomorrow's attempt is scrubbed. 
I'm Brad Siegel. There is some good news about the flash floods, heavy downpours, gusty winds that have slammed across South Florida. Meteorologist uh, Sammy Hadi is at the National Weather Service has some details. Thankfully, is that the non-tropical low is lifting away from the region and that's feature in the Caribbean poses no threat to us at this time. It's going to be steered to the north-northeast and should take a trajectory to the east of our area over Jamaica, Cuba, and the Bahamas. Yeah, they just got a lot of rain. Wind gusts were about 40 miles per hour. There are two areas in the Caribbean being monitored now by the National Hurricane Center. The Wall Street Journal's annual ranking of the nation's busiest airports is out. The Wall Street Journal's report card ranks the 50 largest U.S. airports on 30 measures divided into two categories. The first group measures reliability, the second value and convenience. This includes everything from flight delays, TSA wait times, parking and airport amenities like food, dining, and bathrooms. Airports in the West generally perform better than those in the East. The top 10 large airports in the U.S., first place Phoenix, followed by Minneapolis, L.A., Atlanta, Detroit, San Francisco, Houston, Seattle, Las Vegas, and Boston. Top mid-size airports, San Jose, San Antonio, and Sacramento. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. 524, flight attendants for Texas-based American Airlines hitting the picket line yesterday, just as the holiday travel season begins. The union upset that the mediated contract negotiations have just broken down. Our flight attendants have not had a raise in compensation since 2019, and they're working under wages that were negotiated in 2014. That's Paul Hartram. He's with the Association of Professional Flight Attendants. says if a deal's not reached, a possible strike could start in late December. Just what, of course, everybody wants to go out on vacation. Flight attendants have worked through COVID. They've worked through unprecedented unprecedented passenger assaults, and they've gone without a race since 2019. Yeah, it has become dangerous to become a flight attendant. No two ways about it. They are not coming to the table with any meaningful increases, so they they brought this on themselves. We asked for a response from American Airlines, did not get one before we came to the air this morning. 525, meanwhile, were you one of those people waiting for your red cup at Starbucks yesterday? Red cup day, if you're not familiar, is the day the Starbucks gives out their Christmas red cups that are refillable. I guess it's the biggest day of the year, and that was the day that workers there, the unionized ones, some of them were walking off, saying that they're overwhelmed and underappreciated by Starbucks. Imagine three people making orders for 30, 40 customers every half hour. We're working really hard out here, and a lot of us can barely pay our rent. Yeah, we did hear about some disruptions across the tri-state at Starbucks where people did walk off the job for a couple hours. Back in September, the National Labor Relations Board found that Starbucks violated federal law when it increased wages and benefits to only non-union employees. Starbucks executives say that the baristas union has not met with them in months and that it all falls on them. 526, a surprise for South Texas police who tracked down a dangerous human smuggler. A high-speed chase with the Texas Department of Public Safety just miles from the border reached speeds of more than 120 miles an hour. The driver swerving through oncoming highway traffic the chase ended when he pulled off and crashed into a fence. The small SUV was carrying five illegal immigrants. Let me see your hand. Mano. One was a child being smuggled alone. The driver was not from Mexico or Texas. He was from North Carolina. Being placed under arrest for evading in a motor vehicle. And it also appears like he was smuggling. No word why Chantel Brody was in Texas or how much he was paid by the cartels. I'm Michael Board. While we're down in Texas, the mother of a child who was murdered in last year's Uvalde school shooting, begging for help. Someone broke into Felicia Martinez's truck and stole her purse, which held items belonging to her late son. They stole my 
my purse, which had my son's necklace in there. And it's just heartbreaking. She made several posts online yesterday asking for those stolen items to be returned. <laughs> it's just been that he gave me before. Everything happened. Theft happened at the Cowboys Dance Hall in San Antonio during a concert. I won't ask no questions. I won't report it. Just give me my stuff back. Yeah, her stolen purse contained her son's necklace and one of the toys that he had given her. That's awful. Hopefully somebody does return that. Uh, over on Wall Street, trading kicks off this morning after stocks close mix on Wall Street yesterday. This comes as better-than-expected inflation numbers have boosted stocks this month so far. Last month's producer price index slid by 0.5%. That's the biggest monthly decline since April of 2020. So at the closing bell, the Dow still lost 45 points. The S&P 500 rose by 5. The NASDAQ gained 9 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Friday, November 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, just another beauty. High 67. Saturday, we'll start the day with hours, but the sun will reappear in the afternoon, high 58, and then Sunday will be more fall-like, sunshine, high 56. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are, 42 and partly cloudy in Oyster Bay out on Long Island, 43 and partly cloudy in Rawway down in New Jersey, and it's 49 and clear outside our Midtown Manhattan studios. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island, where some people in Massapequa have green water coming out of their tap. At least that has the looks like green water. It's green tint, I guess, is a better way of describing it. And so they're saying, hey, is it okay to drink this water? Wait, hold on a second. Let me ask them the question again. Is it safe to drink this water? Why is my water this color? We should not be bathing or cooking or drinking in this water. I think that's a fair question. Some neighbors say they've noticed the green tint since May, and they've reached out to the water provider Liberty Utilities, uh, which apparently has flushed this water main at least five times, but the problem persists. This woman talking to News 12 Long Island. We've been just drinking bottled water, giving our dog bottled water, and cooking with bottled water. Because we don't know what's in there. Yeah, I'd be a little freaked out if the water was a tinted green. But Liberty Utilities apparently not so freaked out. They say they continue to meet all federal, state, and local water quality standards. And they say discolored water is not a health hazard. Uh, the source, though, they say is not clear. <laughs> so I'd be drinking bottled water, too, giving the dog bottled water as well. Violent night on the streets here in the city. Police searching for two men after... Two other men were stabbed, one fatally. This was in a Lower East Side Park last night. The attack happened about 8.30, Hester and Christie Street, inside Sarah Roosevelt Park. One of the victims stabbed in the torso. The other one stabbed in the chest, both taken to Bellevue Hospital. One died at the hospital. The other, a 24-year-old man, is expected to survive. I do know this area, and it's kind of a homeless encampment, and that's where they say this attack took place. No name. 
names released yet. And then there was in a fight involving a double-decker tour bus employee. You know those guys in the red jackets you see out on the street trying to get people to buy tickets for the double-decker tours? Well, a group of teenagers apparently went up to him and started messing with him. So he allegedly pulled out a small knife and stabbed one of these teenagers. Now, somebody who was watching it all said he was doing it just in self-defense. He's standing up for like 14, 15 hours selling tickets. He's standing. He's in the man in his own business. I'm five, six of them walking around acting thugs in the middle of Times Square. Yeah, that guy said uh, this guy was right to stab these teens because he didn't know what they were going to do to him. Acting with no behavior, no respect. And one of them, he bumped him, and then he and he and he tried to grab his jacket like that, the little one. You know what I'm saying? And all of them were on him. He's thinking like he doesn't know what's going on. I'll point out again, this was in the middle of Times Square, which is a pretty busy area. Police arrested four young men moments later. The tour bus employee, he was also taken into custody as they try to sort this all out. So far, nobody has been charged. George Santos. Oh, gosh, what a great guy. Running for Congress is hard. So Long Island, Long Island Congressman George Santos apparently splashing his campaign money on all kinds of dubious pleasures including an OnlyFans subscription. If you're not familiar with OnlyFans, a lot of it is pornographic online. Uh, Apparently, he spent donor money on Botox and spa treatments as well. It's all in this new scathing House ethics reform report that came out yesterday. The 35-year-old Republican allegedly siphoned off cash meant to help him get elected in order to treat himself to these amenities and then would try to hide that via a complex web of maneuverings. But uh, everybody was able to sort it out, including apparently the House Ethics Committee. I will take whatever comes my way the way it comes. I have no concerns and I don't have any premeditated uh, feelings on, on this. Yeah, that was the congressman yesterday. Apparently he hit up donors personally. One case telling a donor that he had a TV appearance and he needed money to look better. Some donors sending in $25,000 through this company, Redstone. But instead of the money going for TV ads and uh, other things that Santos promised, the money apparently went to his bank account, used to pay down personal credit cards and other debt, uh, $4,000 spent on an Hermes bag, uh, some of that money spent on the OnlyFans account, others spent at the store Sephora. Uh, money spent on meals as well. And as you might guess, the Republicans who've been trying to push him out of Congress really mad about yes, this. That's the governor of the state who actually Oh, needs... that's this is the governor first. She's upset as well. That's yes, the governor of the state who actually needs members of Congress who are focused on doing their jobs and delivering for New York. I'm calling on him to resign. Yeah. Well, of course, if he resigns, the Democrats have a good shot of taking that seat back. Um, I think these are Republicans. I will take whatever comes my way the way it oh, comes. No. Okay. Well, clearly some of these bites are wrong. But one person who's interested in this job is Tom Swazi, who used to have this job before he left it and he'd like the job back again. I think it's been a real embarrassment. Uh, it's been a, a it's been hurtful to the American system. All right. So George Santos says he's not going to run again, but there's no sign that he's going to resign. But today they may take another vote in Congress to expel him or at least put up a resolution to do so. WABC News Time 540. Let's go out to Brooklyn. Cops investigating a fatal hit and run claimed the life of a 72 year old woman last night. There's been how many of these fatal hit and runs this week? At least three of them. It happened about 640 in the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn. 
the 72-year-old woman. She was trying to cross Marine Avenue when she was hit and killed by a car that was traveling at a high rate of speed. She landed. She was hit so hard, she landed underneath a parked car pretty far away. Here's somebody who saw it all play out. She got hit so hard, she got knocked out of her shoes. She took two steps across the double yellow line. I'd swear that the car swerved to hit her. He hit her so hard, she rolled off the car and the body was thrown about 12 to 15 feet so hard that the entire upper torso from the waist up was pushed under a parked car. There's video of this because, you know, there's surveillance cameras everywhere. It shows the woman walking across the empty street. Apparently, she hesitates for a moment as she sees a car coming but is not able to get out of the way in time as this black sedan flew down the block. I to my rearview mirror to see if the, the car that struck her was stopping because that's the normal thing you expect. He accelerated upon impact. I heard the, rev, the revs go higher and saw the car disappear in my small rearview mirror. Yeah, they'll, they'll catch up with this killer soon enough. The uh, woman unfortunately pronounced dead at the scene, and as is the case with a number of these hit and runs, especially over the last two weeks or so, neighbors say speeding's just a regular thing in New York City. There are cars that fly by very fast, and there it would be very helpful if there was uh, cameras or something to help slow some of these cars that come through here, because it's not a very busy area. So when the cars come through, they fly very quickly. Yeah. So the investigation ongoing, of course, is police search for this black sedan. Just a matter of time. Police are good. They'll find this guy or gal. 542, at least three fights and a possible security breach at Middletown High School, up in Middletown, prompting this multi-agency response yesterday. Really some frightening stuff. Uh, So much so that they've canceled classes today. So this is what we're able to put together. Students in this school could be seen punching and kicking each other in videos of the incident that were given to News 12 by a parent. In one of the scenes, there's people coming into the building from the outside through windows in the cafeteria. So police are trying to sort this all out. Is it people from the outside who came in to do battle with high school students or were they all high school students? And, of course, the big question is how are these people able to get into the building who shouldn't be there? And this is what it sounded. I mean, basically, it was just uh, an all-out fight, a brawl, I guess. At Middletown High School, outside the school, the violent chaos, back-to-back brawls prompted police parents to respond by the early afternoon. One student's cell phone showing someone trying to get in through a cafeteria window. What would appear to be police held them back by holding on to their leg and shirt. So the district yesterday sending a letter to parents. This was about 1 o'clock. That school was put on hold and uh, students were told to stay in their classrooms as they worked this all out, as this police response happened. We don't know if there's been any arrests. But uh, it was so bad yesterday that today Middletown High is closed so they can sort this all out. Really frightening. Up in Albany yesterday, New York State is going to let scores of formerly incarcerated people have their criminal records sealed. Governor Hochul signing this thing called the Clean Slate Act that allows more than two million New Yorkers convicted of crimes to have their records buried for the purpose of getting jobs and housing. We're not going to continue to judge people by their worth moments in life when they've paid their debt. 
will have that pathway for change and for growth and for renewal. So here's the scoop. They have to remain out of trouble for three years for misdemeanors and eight years for certain felonies to be eligible. It does not apply to sex crimes, murder, domestic terror, uh, non-drug class, uh, class A felonies. It will help impacted individuals find stable homes and good paying jobs and quality education, particularly at a time in our economy when businesses say that they can't find employees. That's the Attorney General Letitia James. Governor Hochul says more than two million New Yorkers are likely eligible for having their records sealed and all. We're talking about people who went before a judge and a jury, paid the price for their action, and sometimes over many, many years. As a society, we must welcome them back, help them get back on their feet. So this law will kick in starting 2024. 545, let's head over to the 77 WEBC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Aladen. Week 11 of the NFL season got underway last night with the Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore to meet the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Lamar Jackson threw for two touchdown passes, both coming in the second quarter, and the Ravens beat Cincinnati 34-20 to after the Bengals lost Joe Burrow to a wrist injury. Burrow left in the second quarter after throwing a touchdown pass and was not able to return. And on the Baltimore side of things, uh, tight end Mark Andrews is expected to miss the rest of the season after hurting his ankle. Locally this weekend, the 2-8 and eight Giants are 9.5-point underdogs heading into their Sunday afternoon matchup in Washington against the Commanders. Kickoff there is set for 1 p.m. on Sunday. As for the 4-5 and five Jets, they're 7-point underdogs as they get ready for the Bills in Buffalo on Sunday at 425. A few college games to look forward to starting at noon tomorrow. Number three, Michigan. They're 19.5-point favorites going into Maryland. Uh, note from that game, Coach Jim Harbaugh has agreed to the Big Ten's three-game suspension, which means Harbaugh will not coach Saturday at Maryland or in the regular season finale against rival Ohio State. Uh, Rutgers is a 20-and-a-half-point underdogs at noon tomorrow, heading into number 12, Penn State. And at 3.30, you've got number one, Georgia. They're 10-and-a-half-point favorites at number 18, Tennessee. And at 4 p.m. tomorrow, you've got Minnesota taking on number two, Ohio State. The Buckeyes are at home, and they are 27-and-a-half-point favorites there. On the hardwood, the Nets lost on the road against the Miami Heat by a score of 122-115. to 115. Brooklyn couldn't put a lid on Jimmy Butler, who scored 18 of his 36 points in the third quarter to propel Miami to the victory. Mikael Bridges and Lonnie Walker each scored 23 for Brooklyn, which had, which had won its last five games against Miami up until last night. Tonight in Washington, the Knicks are back on the court as they get set to face the Wizards for some NBA in-season tournament group play. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7 p.m. On the ice in Seattle, the Islanders fell in a shootout to the Kraken last night. Final score, a 4-3. Lee and Dobson had two of the three goals in regulation for New York, who lost their seventh in a row. It marks their longest losing streak since dropping 11 straight early in the 2021-22 season. On the ice in Pittsburgh, the Devils toppled the Penguins by a score of 5-2. Yes, for Bratt, Alexander Holtz, and Tyler Toffoli scored in the third period alone and manifested the win for New Jersey, who were without forwards Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes because of injuries. Vitek Vanacek made 23 saves for New Jersey, who get off the schneid after dropping three in a row and four or five overall. Finally, awards week concludes for the MLB, with the last of the hardware being dished out yesterday. Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. were each named the most valuable player of their respective leagues in unanimous fashion, an unprecedented occurrence in the 92-year history of the award. Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, the uh, Texas Rangers star middle infielders, finished second and third, respectively, in the AL. In the NL, Acuna beat out Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who came in second. 
on all 30 ballots. No, I'm not sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. We'll start down at City Hall, where we now have a better idea of what budget cuts look like for New Yorkers with this growing migrant crisis. It's all about paying for this migrant crisis. In a prepared video yesterday, Mayor Adams says the 5% budget cut across all city agencies will lead to a savings of about $2.7 billion over the fiscal 2024 25 year. Make no mistake, we are not out of the woods. We added billions of dollars to care for the migrants. COVID funding is sunsetting, and we must close a $7 billion budget gap. Yeah, so this is what it's going to look like. It's not good. The NYPD will enact a hiring freeze, which means the department is expected to shrink uh, the end uh, by 4,000 members by 2025. That's a reduction from more than 33,000 officers now to roughly 29,000. Uh, sanitation will continue regular pickups, but City Hall says there'll be fewer litter baskets on the streets and a reduction in cleaning programs, just as we seem to be getting uh, away from these rat problems, things that's starting to get better. It's not just um, the new arrivals that are forcing the city to pinch pennies, uh, those migrants that continue to arrive here from the U.S.-Mexico border, but the COVID funding that New York City was getting is sunsetting. So the city's just running out of money. As we have made these hard choices, the well-being of New Yorkers has always been our top priority. By the way, tax revenue growth also slowing. So the combination of those three things just spells out bad news. Here's more from the mayor. If circumstances don't change dramatically. City agencies will be forced to reduce city funding spending by 5% two more times within the next six months. Yes, yeah, so the message there, things are bad now. They could get a whole lot worse. Uh, New Yorkers, of course, responding to that. This woman lives out in the Astoria houses in Queens. She says her neighborhood has been rough over the last couple of years, and she's not happy to hear less cops will be patrolling soon. Like in the buildings. We sometimes can't even go inside the buildings because there's people there just sleeping there. So it's like kind of hard in every way. The public library will have to close certain branches on Sunday as of December. Uh, the schools, the education department says $120 million will be eliminated from pre-K and 3K programs along with rollbacks to summer school. So that has some parents saying, what will all those kids do who normally go to summer school? If they cut up all these programs, what are the kids going to be in the streets? That's where they're going to be. She asked an excellent question. And that taking place yesterday, that video being released as some pro-migrants, people who think the migrants aren't being treated well enough, had a protest yesterday in front of Gracie Mansion. They say they're worried that that 30-day stay that migrants are given when they come from the U.S.-Mexico border is not long enough. And they fear those migrants will end up out on the streets. Now they're saying that they're going to be putting migrants uh, like our, our community members out on the street after 30 days or 60 days. Another New York winter is approaching. Yeah, so the idea is the migrants are given this 30-day window inside a shelter that's provided by the city. After those 30 days, uh, they have to reapply if they need more time. Right now, 65,000 of those migrants are in the city's care. One of the places they've been trying to send them to is this new tent city out at Floyd Bennett Field. But that has not been so successful. The uh, New York City Emergency Management Commissioner says um, there's not much more they can do because they've just run out of space for the migrants. I think we also have 
have to face reality, right? That there's only so much that we can do. We're expecting new arrivals that are being um, sent to Floyd Bennett Field today. Children that have come to our city, that have come to Floyd Bennett Field today, are already enrolled in school and were in class when I was there. Yeah, that's their argument to send people to Floyd Bennett Field, that the services are ready to go, but some of the migrants who have showed up there don't like the fact that the showers and bathrooms are separate from the tent city. Uh, that tent city has a capacity of 2,000, but as of yesterday morning, Thursday morning, just uh, 75 people had decided to stay there. Five people have been indicted for allegedly trying to smuggle fentanyl into the Suffolk County Correctional Facility. They were actually pretty smart about the way they tried to do it, but they were caught. District Attorney Ray Tierney says the group sprayed fentanyl onto sheets of paper disguised as legal documents and counted on unsuspecting defense attorneys to deliver this paperwork to people behind bars. These papers are torn up, sold to inmates, the inmates then put them in their mouth, and once their saliva wets the paper, it activates the fentanyl into their system. I mean, it is pretty brilliant, but thank God they were caught. If they were successful, uh, the county sheriff there says roughly $20,000 worth of fentanyl would have made it into the jail. Fentanyl is 20 times more the value inside of a jail or prison than it is on the street. Now, Sephora has become the latest company to act against shoplifters nationwide. The company announcing today that they'll have to remove all perfumes and fragrances from their shelves. Instead, customers will only have sample bottles on display. And if they want to purchase something, they'll have to have an employee grab it from the back. Sephora tells CNN that the move was made to minimize the threats of retail theft. The National Retailers Federation estimates close to $80 billion were lost to retail theft just last year. Jonathan O'Halloran, NBC News Radio, New York. All right, let's uh, end with uh, something just dopey. Mary Haley has the perfect party trick. She has a barcode-like tattoo on her shoulder. So it's a real tattoo. She had it inked. And when she works behind the bar, people, she'll go sleeveless. And people will say, what's that? And she says, take your phone out and um, and scan it. And when they do scan it, it ends up being a, a scan of a Spotify music app that takes you to her favorite song. So, again, on her shoulder, a tattoo, a Spotify app. And this is what it plays when people scan it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. <laughs> okay. I wonder how she chose that song, but that's kind of fun. So who knew this? I didn't know this. Uh, lots of people during the pandemic got these Spotify app tattoos with their favorite songs. So when they were at a bar or wherever, out mingling with friends, uh, they would have people scan it and it would go and play their favorite song. Now, fast forward two years later, now that the pandemic's over, um, what's happening is your skin starts to stretch right away. So where a normal tattoo would be fine, it doesn't look terrible until years later, this uh, music, this scan, this... Um, uh, essentially barcode, it starts to fall apart right away. So now what's happening to these people who got this Spotify music app barcode is it no longer works. So they go to the bar, they say, hey, look at my arm, and people try to scan it, and it won't scan because their skin has stretched too much. So now uh, we were talking to somebody yesterday who now turned his barcode into a dragon because he said it was no longer cool to have a barcode that doesn't work anymore.